It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at, like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. Judge Jeanine Pirro. She's the outspoken host. Judge Jeanine Pirro is dominating the headlines right now. This is the Judge Jeanine Tunnel to Towers Foundation Sunday Morning Show. Now, here's Judge Jeanine Pirro. Welcome, everyone, to the Judge Jeanine Tunnel to Towers Foundation Show. It is Sunday morning, and I hope everyone is enjoying their day so far. A great day here in New York City, and as always, we are armed and ready to serve justice with all my great listeners here on the Red Apple Audio Network. Uh, you know, it's been quite a week, but then again, it always is quite a week uh, in America. You know, this past week, uh, Joe Biden announced that he was running for re-election. Did he do it in front of a big crowd with people cheering and yelling and waving? No, he did it on a video. And uh, on this video, the president said that let's finish the job. Let's finish this job. I know we can because this is the United States of America. There's nothing, simply nothing we cannot do if we do it together. So Joe Biden announces his reelection campaign via video and promises to save the United States from MAGA extremists. Now, the interesting thing about this is that The president making this announcement sounds stiff. He sounds old. He sounds like, you know, he can barely, you know, make the the argument as to why he should be reelected. He essentially says that he needs to be reelected to finish the job. I need a second term to finish the job. Well, he never tells us what the job is. Like, what job do you need to finish? So he says, uh, you know, uh, you know, I'm the only one who can beat Donald Trump. Well, you said that last time and uh, you did. But like, what's your argument now? And, you know, the Democrats lined right up. I mean, you know, you got to give them credit. They circle the wagons, even though 70 percent of Americans do not want Joe Biden to run for president, whether they see that he's clearly in cognitive decline whether they think he isn't out there enough fighting for them or whether they're just tired of the guy, you know, who's always messing things up. And, and you know what? I want you to listen to this. So Joe Biden uh, comes out on Bring Your Kid to Work Day, Bring Your Child to Work Day, uh, and he's asked by, by these kids in a crowd, like, what's the last country you visited? Take a listen. What was the last country you traveled the last country I've traveled, I'm thinking what's with the last one I was in. I, I've, I've been to 89, met with 89 heads of state so far. So uh, I'm trying to think, what was the last, where was the last place I was? It's hard to keep track. Um, I was, I, I mean, yeah, you're right, Ireland. That's where it was. How'd you know that? So Joe had to be reminded that the last country he visited was Ireland. Now, I know his schedule better than he does. 
and he came back from Ireland and he couldn't answer the question. But the real spice was when he was asked, how many grandchildren do you have? And he could barely figure out what number. Take a listen to this one. Her name is Amelia. She wants to know where my granddaughters are. One granddaughter lives in, in Pennsylvania, in Philadelphia. One granddaughter lives in New York. One granddaughter lives in Washington. One granddaughter lives in Wilmington, Delaware. And the other grandsons, uh, my, my grandson lives in California. I left somebody out, didn't I? Anyway, Philadelphia, Wilmington, and I did say five. You're right. So let me see. I got one in New York, two in Philadelphia. There's a three. No, three, because I got one granddaughter who is, I don't know. <laughs> You're confusing me, but they're all around. Now, why is that important? I'll tell you why it's important. Because his son, Hunter Biden, has been ordered to appear in an Arkansas court tomorrow, Monday, for a uh, support hearing. He is reportedly hiding out at the White House to evade legal, legal papers being served upon him. Now, I want to ask you this. So you got Joe and Jill in the White House. Now you've got Hunter and his wife and their three-year-old. Uh, and they say that his niece, Naomi, and her husband, uh, maybe she's his granddaughter, I don't know, uh, are living there as well. I mean, talk about living off the fat of the land. And they found a, uh, a child, a toddler swing set uh, in an area uh, at the White House, which would make sense because uh, Hunter has a three-year-old. But the reason Joe Biden had so much trouble identifying how many grandchildren he has is because he has a four-year-old granddaughter that no one recognizes. Here's the man who's going to bring us all together. He's the adult in the room. He's all about family and love and all that. But none of them will admit that a four-year-old that Hunter fathered is a grandchild, whether it's the stockings on the, you know, fireplace at Christmas time, this four-year-old has been shunned. And I want to be really clear, they did the DNA test 99.9%. Hunter is the father of this young girl. But Hunter doesn't want to pay. Hunter doesn't want to pay the child support. He wants it reduced. And they don't want to admit that this poor child is indeed a Biden. I mean, think about the impact on this little girl. You know, she's a Biden. Her grandfather is the president of the United States. She's not allowed anywhere near the family. She is basically disowned. And, you know, at the end, you know, you wonder what kind of damage, emotional damage does this have in terms of uh, this poor little girl who's done nothing except be Hunter Biden's child. So deadbeat dad, Hunter Biden. Well, we'll see if he complicates dad's chances in 2024. Aside from that, now we find out that one of Hunter's pals is Anthony Blinken. And Anthony Blinken is the guy who rounded up 50 intel agents 
uh, to say, former uh, CIA directors and deputy directors, to say that that laptop was disinformation. So the sad part about all of this is that it's clear to us what was going on. It's clear that Blinken uh, was friendly with Hunter and that Blinken, at the behest of Hunter, rounded up those intel agents to say the laptop was Russian disinformation. And what is Hunter Biden's response to all of this? Well, Hunter Biden says, you know what? You know, I want to sue the people, you know, who who were saying these things about me. You know, not that he's going to admit any of the things that he's done, but he really wants to, you know, the whistleblower who now says that I can tell you right now that the Department of Justice is showing favoritism and I want to come out and say it, but I'm afraid to hunter saying let's prosecute that guy he shouldn't be able to do that you know it is scary what the biden's and their family are doing for money and now we find out at the end of the week that elizabeth granholm who is a secretary of the department of energy says we've got to make sure that we uh make all of our military vehicles electric now let me ask you a question where do you charge those vehicles if you're in a desert or if you're in a country that doesn't have a strong grid are you kidding me everyone in the military has made it very clear that that's one of the most ridiculous things that they've ever heard but not for this administration it's all about green energy but we just found out that the united states is giving 200 million dollars to a company in China to make the batteries out of lithium for electric vehicles. And Granholm was like, oh, no, but it was done done fairly. And we actually haven't given them the money yet. No, you approve them and you promise them. This is a connection where the United States is willing to give up its own independence so that we rely on other countries who hate us. And we make the one country that we are uh, in competition with economically and politically, we enrich them by relying on them to provide us with batteries where they're building coal power plants to build the batteries that we're going to buy from them. This is connected to the Chinese Communist Party. And by the way, the more coal power plants that they're building, the more they're polluting. And if you think that the air just stays in China, you're wrong. We are ingesting that air as well. So why is the Biden administration and the Biden family making so much money from China? What is going on? Why would the president of the United States allow a Chinese spy craft to hover across the United States over our most sensitive military sites and not take it down until after it completed its tour across the United States. This is dangerous stuff, folks. This is the kind of thing that uh, is not only sends a signal of weakness, but it is very dangerous for us. And the push for this electric vehicle uh, uh, craziness at the cost of national security when we're not set up in terms of infrastructure to even support those vehicles 
when the batteries of those vehicles cannot be repaired, when the batteries to those vehicles, when they die, are an environmental hazard. It makes you wonder what is going on with Joe Biden. Uh, Folks, we've got a lot coming up on the show today. We've got Dr. Mark Siegel coming up. He's going to talk to us about Joe Biden's announcement of running for pre- for re-election and the cognitive decline that we're all seeing, along with Betsy McCoy, who is a public policy expert who's going to talk to us about what happened to our kids during COVID and the power that the American Federation of Teachers has as it relates to the closure of schools and where it was all about the, uh, the unions and not about our kids. So uh, we've got an exciting show today, and uh, I want you to know that I have a book coming up. I think you'll like it. It's called Crimes Against America, where I detail the left's takedown of everything near and dear to our country. You can go on Amazon and purchase it. Uh, I think you'll find the book very interesting. It is uh, a frustrating uh, uh, for me to even have to write that book because I love this country. But in the end, if we don't fight for the country, we won't have it. And that's my opening statement here on the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show. Judge Janine Show. This is the Janine Pirro Show. Now, here's Judge Janine Pirro. Welcome back to the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation Show. Joining us now is a professor of medicine at the NYU Langone Medical Center and one of my favorite people, also a frequent guest on the show. Please join me in welcoming Dr. Mark Siegel to the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation Show. Dr. Siegel, and you may be familiar with him from listening to him on uh, WABC as well as seeing him on Fox News. Uh, he is a the real deal, everybody. I'm not going to go through his background. He's a genius. Uh, and he is someone who has been in the trenches since the beginning of COVID and knows of what he speaks. But uh, Dr. Siegel, thank you for being with us this Sunday morning. I, I want to start with uh, the fact that President Biden this week announced his reelection. Uh, I believe it was on Tuesday with a video. Uh, he doesn't say more than one sentence at a time. He, he doesn't put two sentences together, uh, as you can see him on the video. I mean, it's a background where you hear his voice, but within a couple of days, he had a press conference. And at that press conference, uh, he had notes. He had notes that not only identified the people uh, that he was calling on, but he had notes with specificity that we've never seen before, not bullet points, but specificity of the questions that would be asked of him. Um, Did you see this? And what what is your interpretation of that? And actually, I did see that. And before that came out earlier in the day, I published an op-ed in the New York Post about the whole question about what's going on with the president and how relevant that is to the issue of re-election campaigns, because it isn't about age. I mean, age isn't the issue, right? And that's one of the things the American public is getting wrong here, because we don't want to say that a certain age leads to a certain uh, affliction. It's not true. I mean, yes— Over the age of 85, 20% of people are demented, and over the age of 80, it's 10%. But with the president, you have a whole different thing going on. 
you have the idea that he has an irregular heartbeat that can lead to cognitive problems, that he had brain surgery, uh, clipping surgical clippings in the late 1980s in an old-fashioned way before we had our modern techniques that can lead to this problem. Uh, there are issues here. He has that stiff-legged gait that he has that's often associated with cognitive problems. And then you talked about the, the issue with concrete notes, and we, we both know, you more than me, that presidents don't usually get that. I mean, the yeah. last president wasn't handled at all. I went down there to interview him, and, and Kayleigh McEnany said, well, he just does what he wants. I, you don't. President Trump, he'd go out to Marine One, and he'd just say, you, 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 and answer every question. He wasn't afraid. Now, this president has had the fewest press conferences uh, in 50 years uh, of, of all the presidents. And he hasn't had a press conference in, I think it's 167 days or 178 days. I, have, I may have it wrong there. But it's almost though as though he is incapable of having a press conference. And instead, there's this smug kind of laugh, you know, like, I don't have to answer you. But this is very worrisome. When you talk about this surgery that he had, was it a brain aneurysm? What was it, doctor? He had two brain aneurysms in the late 1980s. One of them bled, and the, and the bleeding itself can lead to long-term problems, you know, and, and they, they were actually repaired by surgery. And nowadays, we actually go in with a scope. It's very elegant, and, and there's a minimal problem with that. But in those days, they had to literally open the skull to repair this. And there's studies that came out in the 90s that showed long-term impairment affected long-term effects of about 50 percent so this is not a minor point we're bringing up and the same thing with the irregular heartbeat that he has even on even on blood thinners but you know judge i said to a famous neurologist this morning i can't mention her name but you know her well what do you think about the idea that a child had to remind the president that he was in ireland last week oh oh i didn't i haven't even gotten to that one yeah so and she said that's a clear-cut sign of of dementia period well, you know, and, and just to remind my viewers, um, last week on uh, Bring Your Child to Work Day, there were children who were brought to the White House and they, and they literally asked the question, where was the last country that you visited? And he, he couldn't remember. Well, I remember the last country he's been to, and believe me, he's not high in terms of, you know, my tracking his schedule. Uh, and there was another one. He was asked how many grandchildren he had, and he couldn't say the number. He said, well, six. Um, so let me ask you this. Um, I think, to be honest with you, doctor, I think a lot of people are recognizing there's a difference between age and cognitive decline. Dr. Siegel, keep fighting the good fight, and I will as well. Thank you for joining us today. By the way, you don't have a single cobweb, Judge. I have to tell you right now, you're, you're, you prove my point about cognitive awareness. You know, It's tough keeping up with you, let me tell you. I was just going to say, make sure you finish that. You prove my point about cognitive awareness. Doctor, thank you. I appreciate it. We love you. Take care. Good to be with you. All, All right. right. Up next here on the Judge Jeanine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show, I will be speaking with former Lieutenant Governor of the State of New York, Betsy McCoy, coming up right here on the Red Apple Audio Network. This is the Janine Pirro Show. Now, here's Judge Janine Pirro. Welcome back to the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation Show. 
Joining us now is a former lieutenant governor of the state of New York and chairman of the Committee to Reduce Infection Deaths. Betsy McCoy is a constitutional scholar, folks, with a Ph.D. from Columbia, which means she's really smart. She's a public policy expert, and she is someone who is literally an expert in healthcare and a lot of other things as well. She is the author of over 300 scholarly uh, articles. Her previous books include two histories of the United States Constitution. She taught at Vassar in Columbia. Uh, you know, I'm not going to say anymore. I think you get the drift. The woman knows of what she speaks. Okay, Betsy, how are you? I'm so glad to be talking with you because <laughs> yeah. I consider you one of the smartest women I know. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Well, let's hit it now. You know, um, I had Dr. Mark Siegel on the show a little earlier, and we were talking about uh, Joe Biden and the fact that he needed the uh, notes with a specific question written and the name of the uh, press corps and a picture of the person in his uh in his press conference the first i think in 178 days or 167 i still haven't squared that one away uh and it's kind of stunning to me that this president would need that but even more stunning betsy mccoy is the fact that uh if he just came out of uh discussions with the president of south korea who actually was engaging in those uh negotiations if he can't even answer a question from the press well, that's a very important point. And it's not his chronicle age, chronological age that's such an issue because some older people function very well. But his mental acuity is clearly on the decline, and that puts all of us at risk in foreign policy and also in domestic policy. He has become uh, the can that so many different interest groups simply kicked down the street, including the teachers' unions. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not only the teachers unions and I want to get to that, but, you know, it concerns me, as Dr. Siegel said, he's had two brain aneurysms and, he, you know, he was talking about the fact that he had surgeries that were kind of antiquated in terms of where we are today and he had an actual brain bleed. But it's frightening to me and you, you've done stuff on the Constitution, public policy. I mean, this is your wheelhouse. Uh, it, it, who is running the White House? I mean, do we know who's running the country? I thought it was Susan Rice, but she resigned. <laughs> so now there's, quote, no one at home. Uh, <laughs> Why do you think really? she resigned? Uh, well, that question came to my mind. I wondered whether she had political aspirations of her own, whether she was vying for a Democratic nomination for Senate, for example, or for uh, a spot on the ticket replacing Kamala Harris. We just don't know. But she has been a very, very key component in the White House under Biden. And now she's out. And we actually don't know who's going to replace her in that domestic policy role either. Oh, that's very interesting. And, you know, it's also interesting. Susan Rice is uh, she's an extremely bright person. And, you know, you, you line Not her up. Truthful. <laughs> yeah, not very truthful. It was starting with Rwanda, but we're not even going to go there. Um, but but, you know, her compared to Kamala Harris, those are two different uh, two different people intellectually. But uh, clearly, let's, yeah, let's talk about uh, the fact that the uh, Randy Weingarten, the head of the uh, what is it? The United Federation of Teachers. She no, goes American Federation of the, Teachers. She's head now of the national organization. OK. All right. So. Uh, she comes out and she basically says, you know what, the fact that we got this information uh, two weeks before 
uh, it was made public uh, and uh, that the AFT apparently had uncommon access. She said it's not really a big deal, but we're we're seeing now that uh, Randy Weingarten and the teachers union, uh, they were kind of controlling uh, what the CDC was saying. What What's That's your right. take on that? Well, the, my take on that is that all of our school kids across the nation are victims of what I call legal thuggery. Let's face it, if thugs were bothering your kids in school, you'd do almost anything to stop it. But the fact is, these legalized thugs, these union honchos, are really running state governments all across the country, 38 of them, where the unions have very vast powers. And you can see that they also had an inside uh, edge In the Biden administration, they called the White House and got Biden to tell the CDC, Rochelle Wenlensky, to do whatever the unions wanted. The unions wanted the teachers to be able to stay home and not go to work. And even though the evidence was clear that students were not vulnerable to COVID, that young people in general don't get very sick with COVID if they catch it at all, they forced the schools to stay closed. And our kids have suffered huge learning losses and, in many cases, also emotional and mental harm. Exactly. Exactly. And, Betsy McCoy, the thing that kind of amazes me is, you know, I, I have I went to Catholic school, so it was pretty much mostly nuns. But I had uh, one teacher, Mrs. Shepherdson. I think she was my kindergarten teacher. I'll never forget her. She was the greatest person, you know, to me when I was a kid for many years. And I maintained a relationship with her. So, I mean, I have a very positive you know, view of teachers. Why would oh, the I teachers, why, why would the teachers want to stay home? What did they get out of staying home? How did that benefit them? Let's assume they don't care about the kids. Well, many of them didn't want to stay home. They wanted to do their jobs. But there's a big difference between the teachers and the teachers union. And this teachers union, and there are two big ones in the U.S., National Education Association, the biggest, AFT, that's Randy Weingartner's group, second Mm -hmm. biggest, highly political, very left-wing. If you go up on their website, www.aft.org, for example, you will see that their goals are all about politics, not about ensuring that teachers know how to teach reading or math, not about improving results in the classroom. They don't even talk about that stuff anymore. It's all about politics, transgender indoctrination, Uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion, Uh, uh, Black Lives Matter, they are allied with all these groups pushing a radical left-wing agenda. And why do I call it thuggery? Because here it is. The, The point of my piece was to explain to all of us how this happens. So they collect the union dues, and they spend most of the union dues not on Uh, learning programs for teachers, enrichment programs for teachers, you know, things that could benefit your kid in the classroom. They spend almost all the money buying politicians. Right. They buy them in the state legislatures because it's the state legislatures that control what kind of power unions have. And in 38 states, these unions have enormous power. They don't just negotiate for teachers' pay. They determine what's taught in the classroom They're against merit pay, charter schools, any kind of teacher accountability. And now they're trying to literally outlaw testing so that 
the parents won't even know that their kids are falling behind. Well, you know, Betsy McCoy, I mean, you make a you make a great point, and that is the parents not knowing. And but for you know, I, there is a silver lining. But for COVID, parents would never have known uh, of this radical agenda that the uh, that the American Federation of Teachers is is imposing on our kids. And it's really no surprise because, you know, we now ask ourselves, how did we get to this point in terms of some of the heads of corporations and what they're imposing in terms of the leftist kind of uh, agenda? It's because the kids have been taught this for years and we didn't know about it. But, you know, Randy Weingarten, I mean, she is contributing a money to, as you say, the Democrats in the state uh, legislature legislatures but you know this is a woman if you want to uh, the one thing that encapsulates it for me is that this is a woman who went to the ukraine the head of the american federation of teachers randy weingarten goes to ukraine to evaluate the damage to education from the russian war give me a break all she has to do is walk into a classroom in the bronx or in memphis tennessee or Los Angeles and see the damage done to learning because of the school closures she demanded from the Biden administration. We can look at the international test now and compare, and our kids are falling way behind. But let me point out, Janine, that they felt they were falling way behind international standards before COVID. Before right, COVID, right. our kids were already losing ground. And that really matters because now when a kid graduates from high school and goes to one of these big multinational corporations to get an entry-level job, that kid isn't just competing against another kid down the street. You're competing against kids from all over the world. And if you haven't been taught the basic skills, you're not going to make the grade, right? Well, it's, it's, a, it's a terrible damage to our kids that the teachers unions have chosen political indoctrination instead of teaching kids basic math and reading and science. Well, you know, the truth is that um, that no one is being held accountable for the damage and the loss that our kids have suffered. I mean, this is the lengthiest disruption of education uh, in, as I understand it, American history. And, right. you know, they, they were strict COVID police. And, you know, the, the, the emails between uh, the AFT, uh, Betsy McCoy, and the CDC uh, are, are, are clear. And not one email mentioned how can we keep the schools open. It was all about what, what one thing will trigger a closing. So it wasn't about the kids. It wasn't about the kids. You know, and and the amazing part, Betsy McCoy, is that the Catholic schools were open, the charter schools were open, the Jewish schools, the Lutheran schools, whatever. Nurses went to work. Yeah. Drivers went to work. So many people went to work. The teachers could have gone to work. They lied and said it was for the students, but it wasn't for the students. In fact, the students clearly suffered more than anybody else because of these school closures. They lost a year. In some cases, according to the psychological experts, some lost a lifetime of competitiveness. They'll never really make it back. And I feel I feel terrible for them, but there's something we can do. What? The reason that I, I wrote this piece is that parents Wait a minute, Betsy, Betsy, hang on one second. Hang on one second. The piece that you're referring to uh, is in the, it, it was a piece in the New York Post, correct? Right. That's okay. Right. Last and, week in the New York Post, earlier this week, Tuesday. Okay. And 
And um, it's about union thuggery. And the point of the piece is that we can take the schools back from these unions. And there's two ways to do it. Mm -hmm. Number one is school board elections. Believe it or not, 70 percent of school board candidates. Do you think these elections are nonpartisan? You know, they're 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 told every everybody's told they're nonpartisan. That's complete baloney. The school boards, 70 percent of the winning candidates have a link to the school board. Either they're a teacher or the spouse of a teacher or the child of a teacher or they used to be a teacher themselves. And they're totally loyal to the school board, not Mm -hmm. the kids in the Mm -hmm. school district. So we've got to run candidates for those school boards who will actually stand up for the kids. And those elections aren't so hard to win. If you put your mind to winning them in New York State, uh, several school board elections last year were real victories for groups that were standing up for the kids. And around the country, that's true. So win school board elections, some of them occur in April in New York, they're uh, May 18th this year. Uh, others are on Election Day in November. But all across the country, we can run for the school board and take control. And the same is true with the state legislature. That's where the action is. Right, exactly. But let me ask you, Betsy, they made billions in COVID money. Where is the? Where is that money? What was it used for? Is there accountability? And no. can we get it back? Right. Well, that would be wonderful. Uh, to get it back, we'd have to have Congress enact legislation pulling it back. But the fact is, most of it hasn't been spent yet. A lot of it was supposed to be spent proof, uh, creating some sort of virus proofing in the schools. For example, oh, yeah. I there, are, there are coatings you could put on the desk. There are technology you could put into the HVAC system to destroy viruses as they enter the school. There are things you could put on the doorknobs, on the keyboards to protect students so that uh, if a virus lands on the keyboard, it dies immediately. Mm -hmm. None of this was done. It was supposed to be done, but that's not what the money was. It was used for extra vacations for teachers, extra sabbaticals for teachers. It had nothing to do with safeguarding the kids in the future. You know what's interesting also, Betsy McCoy, is the fact that uh, they refused to teach our kids in the summer as a way of catching up. But I remember in San Francisco, and, and uh, you know, I, I'm pretty sure it was San Francisco, there were some of the kids uh, that were brought here illegally, and uh, they agreed to teach them, but not the American kids. Isn't that outrageous? Right. Well, that's what's happening all across the country. America last. We saw it yep. in East Palestine, when East Palestine, excuse me, with mm-hmm. the train derailment. We see it in New York City uh, with the migrants coming in and being given hotel rooms for six months on the mm-hmm. taxpayer's dime. Six months in a hotel with three meals a day if you're an illegal but if you're homeless and you're a vet or another American, you're on the street. Well, uh, I got to tell you, it is, it's a sad commentary on what's going on in this country. But Betsy, it seemed, Betsy McCoy, it seems like, you know, the, the mentality of the left. And look, Joe Biden and the Democrats did well in the midterms. They did very well in the midterms. And, and you know, um, Biden is, is still claiming 
that our nation's children are all our children. You know, this kind of uh, Marxist mentality that, you know, forget the family. We got your kids and we're okay. It's a total insult to every parent. (laughs) It is. It is. But, you know, it's with the midterms. It seems that um, I don't know if it was the Dobbs case. I don't know what it was. The economy is a lot of it. Yeah, that was Oops. a lot of it, the, job, the uh, abortion issue. But, you know, I, I, I did want to alert our listeners while I'm here, because mm-hmm. healthcare is my passion, mm-hmm. that the Biden's open borders are <laughs> such a health care threat. We now have evidence, and the New York City Health Commissioner sent a letter around about this, but it's happening in San Francisco. It's happening all over the country. The migrants are bringing in diseases we thought we had almost conquered. To, Tuberculosis. The rate in New York City is now double the national average, and 88% of the people who have TB are foreign-born. They're not the people getting off jets at JFK who have gone through all the screenings. No, Interesting. it's the people waiting across the Rio Grande. And if you have a child in public school and the young person sitting next to your child has just arrived from the southern border, you, your child could get TB. And it's no walk in the park to cure it. It's curable, but it's about six months on antibiotics. Betsy McCoy, thank you so much for being with us on the Judge Jeanine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show. It's great to reconnect with you. You take care. Have a great week. And up next here on the Judge Jeanine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show, I will gavel out with my closing argument. It's all coming up here on the Red Apple Audio Network. This is the Judge Jeanine Show. This is the Janine Pirro Show. Now, here's Judge Janine Pirro. All right, you've heard it all. The schools didn't need to be closed as long as they were closed. It was really a result of the collusion between the American Federation of Teachers and the CDC. Joe Biden has announced his reelection on a video where the man barely talks. And at one point, he kind of jumps up a second. Uh, And you heard about from a public policy expert and a medical doctor of the cognitive decline. Uh, America is in decline. And I worry for my country. And that's why I wrote a book, Crimes Against America, The Left's Takedown of Our Republic. And in this book, I talk about the crimes against America and how the country is literally falling down. And I outlined, starting with an indictment, that the America that I was born into was indisputably the greatest nation that has ever existed in the history of the world, that it was the richest country in the world, it had the most powerful military in the world, it was the world's chief scientific innovator, its people were the healthiest, the most educated, and the most productive. Its cities were world-class hubs, not just for industry, but for art and culture. American scientists and engineers put a man on the moon. It was a great country, and now it exists only in my memory. memory. And in the contents of the book, after the indictment, I talk about the breach of sovereignty, perjury, the Trojan horse, pay to play, crossing the blue line, aiding and abetting violent criminal conduct, the infringement on the right to bear arms, illegal crossings, the Marxist aversion to democracy, 
gaslighting, and the information game, along with a closing statement. I think you'll like the book. Uh, it is factual. There are tons of footnotes. Uh, and it is available on Amazon right now. Again, Judge Jeanine Pirro, Crimes Against America. It pretty much says it better than any closing uh, that I can do right now. But there's one part that's so important, and that is where Abraham Lincoln, in his speech in 1838, and I start the book with this, uh, predicts that the only danger America will ever experience is a danger that, if ever it were to reach us, must spring up among us. It cannot come from abroad. If destruction be our lot, we must ourselves be its author and finisher. As a nation of free men, we must live through all time or die by suicide. And those are the words of Abraham Lincoln that eerily ring true when you think about what's going on with America today. I can't believe we're out of time already. Make sure you join us right back here next week. Same time, same place for the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show. Have a great day, everyone. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.